get people that you admire, get people who can encourage you, but as well as constructively challenge you on what you're doing well and where there's opportunity for growth. Welcome to Lawagon Live. Today we're listening to Vanessa Sherifant, who's the Managing Director at SADAX. Vanessa is an entrepreneur, engineer and proud STEMinist. SADAX is a professional service firm specialised in delivering enterprise technology solutions based on the Microsoft Dynamics CRM and Windows Azure platforms. She's committed to causes such as the promotion of diversity and the advancement of women in tech and is a strong believer in the Be The Change You Want To See mantra. Keep listening to find out more. So um, I'm originally from Haiti. I always like to start from the beginnings. And I came here about 16 years ago uh, to study industrial engineering at Polytech. So that's why I came to Montreal in the first place. Um, why industrial engineering? People always like, ask me that question. Um, the two elements. Um, one, I always la- liked uh, math. I, I was really a math geek. And the second is, um, I think, kind of a dream growing up was also to build a company, build an enterprise. And industrial engineering really I found was like the best of both worlds in the sense that um, it's really taking like putting systems into place so taking people taking processes like taking business strategy and then making the best of it um, so that's what started my journey as an industrial engineer and then afterwards I uh, my first job was at Bombardier so classic um, Bombardier Aerospace uh, working on the plant with um, with the workers trying to find ways to optimize like production cycles for airplanes so a lot of like workshops around that, um, a lot of strategizing as well. And uh, while I was at Bombardier, I really started to think about, okay, what was the next step for me? And I think what initiated my, you can say, career or whatever, as entrepreneur was um, at one point, um, I had a discussion with our then director of uh, HR because um, I kind of like to plan things. And so I went on and, and met up with him and so kind of showed him like a 10-year career plan. Yeah, too much. <laughs> of maybe how I, seem, I saw myself going with Mobile and really to ask for help, essentially like to ask for mentorship and see how like he could support me or what type of programs there were internally as well uh, to be able to grow as individual and professional. And uh, he was like, um, you know, he, he was looking at me, he was looking at the plan, and he said, you know, Vanessa, this is like very, you know, very smart, uh, bravo, but you have to make sure not be too aggressive. So at that moment for me, it was kind of a realization, you know, it obviously set me aback. Um, and I thought to myself, um, if I had that much energy, that much passion, that much, that much ambition, I didn't want to stay someplace where my ambition was something that was bad. Um, so that was when I took the decision to like, leave at that point. So a couple of months later, I left. Um, and uh, that's when I started to work on uh, Elysia, which yes, was my uh, initial startup. Yes, that's your startup. And I like your initial startup, so you have many. Okay. <laughs> so um, that's actually what I wanted to talk to you about is your startup and um, how did that begin with? Yeah. How did you get your idea, actually? Um, I think it always starts not from uh, an idea, right? The, from uh, a problem that you're facing. So uh, I mentioned, um, like, uh, I'm an industrial engineer, so I love... I love optimizing things. I love making things work. And typically, um, with my husband, I'm always the one trying to plan trips. So, and I hate wasting time. So typically, when I was doing like all the planning, and we were traveling, it always took me like uh, above 30 hours to be able to find things that uh, we really loved. And even when you put in like all that much work, sometimes you come in 
and you travel and you come into the places and you realize that the experience is really not up to par to what you expected. Um, so for me, that was kind of an indication that, okay, there's a problem here and I want to be able to tackle that. Uh, so I joined the Founder Institute afterwards, um, just when I was starting to have that idea, like identify that problem. Um, and it's actually an intense uh, entrepreneurial bootcamp. So after about um, four months of intensive workshops, um, I founded Alicia, which was a personalized travel recommendation platform. So the objective was, um, based on your profile, based on your interest, to be able to match you at an instant with uh, the best recommendations for either activities as well as hotels. Nice. And um, also, you have some accomplishments that comes along with it. Am I right? Not sure. <laughs> Not sure. Well, can you speak to us about those? Some of uh, your accomplishments that you may have for, with the startups? Um, I don't know. It depends on what accomplishment uh, means, right? Um, so, Alicia, I worked on it for about two years. Um, I don't consider it actually as an accomplishment. I do consider it as my first learning, right, as an entrepreneur, because after two years, I decided to close it. So I pulled the plug because the model wasn't working. Um, so over those two years, we pivoted a couple of times as well. Um, we had a team of about 10 to 15 people that we were working with to be able to build, to validate, to develop like partnerships, because it was based on recommendation um, of different like, places and activities. So we did try to like um, have partnerships with different providers. Um, so after two years, there were a couple of elements that were working, that weren't working. Um, the first thing, the market is so extremely competitive. Mm. Um, second thing, to the pivot, and as I was a first-time entrepreneur as well, um, I think the error I made definitely was not to have by my side a solution architect that could take the lead on the development side because, uh, of course, I wanted to go fast, so I wanted to like make things happen, <laughs> and I always tell myself, okay, well, I can make anything happen. You obviously, you you think so, um, so um, I just tried to work like with different consultants to be able to build the platform, um, and at the end, not having that sort of person that was my like counterpart that also 100% could be able could be there with me um, through all the evolution was definitely something I think that like um, set us um, set us back in terms of deployment um, and the last thing also is after two years I realized that it wasn't a real passion um, and and I have a mentor that always tells me you know whatever you build um, you have to be ready to dedicate at least seven years of your life, of your work, of your blood, to make it happen. And as all of this was happening, um, I realized also that even if I wanted to solve the problem, I wasn't really impassioned by neither the industry or the problem itself. Um, I come from like an industrial engineering background. You know what I really love and what I really loved was like performance and enterprise performance. So how do you see a company? How do you make sure that within a company, like everybody um, is fully empowered and also like things are working adequately inside a company. And it was a different, totally space, um, the travel space that uh, I realized at that point that uh, it, may, it was maybe time to move on and close it. Would you say that you've learned a lot of uh, experiences going through that? Uh, for certain, uh, like there's a lot of uh, learnings that you go through. When you, when you mentioned the accomplishment, yes, we did have uh, like different contests that we won uh, at that point and different grants as well. Um, but I think 
even if there's validation with these contests, right, of uh, maybe the problem that you're trying to solve, like, is a really good problem, or the plat what you're trying to bring is also good. Um, it's also part of, like, sort of vanity um, as well, right? It, it encourages you, but at the end of the day, you still have to make the work to deliver. And you have to, the only thing that counts, especially when you're building a company, is, like, what you're delivering to your clients. And if you're really sticking to be able to build something that's extremely valuable for them. Definitely, definitely. I would consider that an accomplishment <laughs> for myself, but uh, you're very humble and I appreciate that. Um, so after your startup, your initial startup, did you have any other ideas or any other problems that you wanted to tackle in, uh, in the startup world? So after that experience, um, for me, it was really about um, being able to continue, yes, as an entrepreneur, but also learn. Um, learn in a different scenario, learn in a different environment. So that's when I discovered um, Office Vibe. So Office Vibe was um, a, a solo startup. So it had started a couple of months before I joined. And Office Vibe, essentially what it is, it's a real-time employee engagement platform. So the purpose was to be able uh, to help managers understand how their teams are performing and how they can better support their employees. So of course, you have like uh, a company that's fully functioning and employees also were happy in their work and feel empowered on a day-to-day -day basis. So when I started out to Office Vibe, um, we were about seven, eight people. So it was really like a, a startup context totally, and there was everything to build. Um, the product existed. The, the, there were content. Also, it was attracting a lot of interest. It was attracting already customers. Um, but I had the opportunity by joining so early to really be able to like build out Different, uh, different elements of the company itself, um, either the sales, uh, the partnership department, the customer service as well. So you're really living through all the aspects of like building and growing as well. Company understanding the, the pains that go with like building something, delivering also product, and seeing that whole evolution. So um, that's one thing that I also encourage people sometimes, even first-time entrepreneurs, uh, if you don't have an idea or like, if you really want to be able to, to test out or to see like, the evolution of a company, there are so many startups here in Montreal. If you go on Angel, it's like so many job openings as well. And they need talent. They need people with grit. They need people with perseverance. They need people who also want to build great things. So definitely join that because um, for me, I still consider it as like, one of the greatest experiences. And it is, for me, it is part of my journey as an entrepreneur as well. And also, uh, you are a proud... I speak fast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just fine, you're fine. But also, uh, you're also a proud STEMness. Is that correct? STEMness meaning there is an acronym for science, technology, en engineering, and math. So um, you're also a proud STEMness as well. Is that correct? <laughs> um, yes. That's right. what I like to tag myself or call myself. Yeah. Okay. And... Um, as far as the startup that you are in now, that you took part of, did any of the experiences that you went through with Alicia actually help you in, uh, in, in, with your next project? Um, most certainly. Um, are you speaking from the experiences like, that you had with your challenges, your challenges, your your the way you approached your business model? Was there any similarities? Yeah, I think every every experience that you have, uh, obviously, you take learnings from them, right? The, either on um, yourself specifically, you know, what are you good at, what are you not good at, um, how far can you go? I think one thing that it showed me being with Office Vibe, because it really was about delivering things fast, I think I became very good as, like, taking something that 
didn't even exist, like, and put something in place, at least make it work. And I think that's really what the startups are about, like being able to go fast and being able to deliver value. So you have this, those are things that you learn as well, or you're able to learn on the job. And um, being a woman <laughs> and a STEM is that that. I know it's kind of tough because it's mostly a male-dominated um, career. And also um, the data in Montreal says that only 20% of the workforce are women. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, so for me, obviously, and I think that's what, when you mentioned the like, Steminist, that's why I'm involved in a lot of initiatives, or I try to be involved in a lot of initiatives into, like, talking about like bringing more women in STEM, bringing more women in, in tech fields. Um, because obviously I was an engineer, right? So I was on a plant. Um, maybe I was, um, I think a lot of time, um, I was the only woman in the room or like, especially the only black woman in How the room anyway. How did that make you feel? Um, you don't, I don't think it, it doesn't, me personally, it didn't make me feel any way because you're there to, to do something, right? You're there to work. So obviously you, look around the room and um, I don't think it inhibits you, but you do understand that there, there's more that needs to be done, right? Because in a sense, um, I think it, it's also not normal that half of your population is not represented in these roles that are critical to the future of like whatever country or the, the future that you're, you're building. And we do appreciate you bringing that diversity and maybe put up the numbers, 20% is a little low. And I there's encourage... There are so many organizations like here in Montreal, right, that are doing so much. I'm thinking about the technovation, right? Yeah. I'm thinking about nice. Ladies Learning Code, Kids nice. Code Jeunesse as well. Like even something like Le Wagon, look at the diversity nice. here. Yes. Um, and I think that's what we need more of, like just being able to show um, more girls, more women in these non-traditional worlds um, because it's not just, I think, the work of one person. It's not the work of one organization. It's you really have to be able to um, to battle bias at every stage, um, because even you know the data shows that uh, girls around six or seven start to disconnect from um, from math because that's where they like intrinsically they're getting the message that well you're not really good at this this is not for you so they're because they're seeing more and more like images around you know little girls running <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to sound negative anyway but little girls true. running in you know dresses and play with your dolls whatever so. That's an issue that we also have to, to like to fight against and be able to show them like maybe counter images of what they can be and I, that's what the, all these organizations are about. Although that is very unfortunate, what you just said, but it is a reality that we all live in. Especially women have to face those challenges, those extra challenges that us as men we don't have to necessarily go through. And um, that is very inspiring for people watching, for uh, women watching you right now and knowing that you've been through what you've been through and you're still here, you're actually here with us, with Luagon here. And that shows that women are able to, to, to be in this STEM world. And uh, thank you for that. Okay. I think, if I may, mm -hmm. can I? Um, I think uh, the fact that showing like women are able is only half the battle. You also have Definitely. to work on the other side, which is making sure that like people understand their own biases mm -hmm. and making sure that you know because um, getting women into the field is one thing, 
but you also have studies who show that 40% of women who get in, like leave after 10 years. That's because they're facing challenges throughout their careers. So yes, a lot of these initiatives that I love, that I'm involved in myself, like I love that we're able to get more and more girls and more and more women into those fields, but we also have to work in parallel on like inclusion throughout the career and inclusion in all the workplace because that's what's gonna make people like stay and that's what's gonna make us better as well. I totally agree. Be the change that you want the world to see. That's it. Those are famous words from Gandhi, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Gandhi, that is correct. Can you tell us a little about that? Can you tell us a little about Because that's a, that's a phrase that you adapted, you adopted uh, as your own, right? Um, um, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, but I adopted, yes. Um, I like to say, or I try to say, be the change that you want to see, in the sense that, you know, if you believe in something, like, take the time to, to make it work. Take the yeah. time to at least be, like, present in those spaces and, and those causes that you want to see advance, right? Uh, I don't... For me, being that change or, like, really living to that to that model is about like giving my time, like ma being there to make a change myself. Because, um, you know, I was telling, I think, um, so in our company, we just uh, hired, like, I'm happy about that. We just hired two women, yeah. <laughs> they're coming in, so they're, it's like, it, they're, it's a mix of tech and business role. And it, for me, that, w that was like the objective, like from the get-go, because we're a team of eight people, um, so f five, were like men and um and I was thinking like from the get-go I was thinking well if I'm here or I'm trying to say like we need more women in tech more women in STEM and I'm not even ma making an effort myself to get like this women business uh, architects that, that doesn't make sense so I think in every aspect you have the opportunity also to make a change whatever level just like small steps and you have to represent that change if you want other people to to follow your steps so I do agree with that and um, right now, what are you doing currently, as a matter of fact? <laughs> um, Sadax, you're the managing yeah. director? <laughs> so after, uh, after three years uh, with Office Vibe, um, I wanted to jump back on the entrepreneurial path, entrepreneurial horse, I like to say. Mm -hmm. um, so with, uh, with a friend of mine, um, I join as associate. Um, so we have a tech consulting firm. So essentially at TEDx what we do is we accompany SMBs, SMB leaders uh, to be able um, to um, realize their uh, digital transformation. So basically what we do is we help them leverage a platform that's called Microsoft Dynamics 265 to be able to get um, more data and to better understanding and to like how their business is working and also being able to optimize all their processes through technology. Okay. And um, how long have you been uh, with that? So um, in June, so it's been, uh, yeah, it's been about six, seven months, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Okay, well, um, I would like to talk a little bit more about the startup world because here we are engineers, we are tech engineers, so I yeah. know a lot of us may have questions about that. And um, what advice would you have for us that are fresh coming out of this, uh, this Loago program and we would like to start something, you know, we're very ambitious, we're looking forward to the future, and not everything is always pretty and gold and everything like that. What, what are some of the challenges or advice that you have for us going 
to maybe start a new company or join a startup like you did? Both, if if because you know you know the challenges that we go through because you you that you've been through them. So if you had any advice, any so recommendations to understand how many of you actually want to launch a company? Quite a few hands. Okay, are you already working on something? I, we're currently getting the skills to, yeah. in order to launch, <laughs> so not all of us may actually know exactly what, but uh, I'm sure they're thinking about it. Yeah. So. Um, so uh, I would say the, the first thing, when, as I said earlier on, right, the, even if you want to get that experience, understand like how to, how to build a company, how to grow a company, join a, a young startup, right? Join uh, a business that just starting out where they need that sort of uh, not only intelligence but the capacity as well. I think you've, you're going to learn a lot of like uh, helpful skills that afterwards that you're going to be able to transfer to your company. Um, and but if you are totally impassioned by a problem, uh, just go at it. Um, it's going to take anyways, like seven to ten years to make it work. But I believe that if you like have the perseverance and if you put your time, and if you do the time to make it work, uh, you'll get there eventually. And did you have any challenges? Because a lot of us may not have all the means to start. Was that ever uh, uh, something that held you back, uh, not being able to, you know, connect the dots? Uh, of course, of I didn't have the means yeah. <laughs> at all um, to be able to start. So that's why I, you know, I went for help. So that's why I joined, like you're joining the Wagon right now, I joined the um, Founder Institute to be able to kind of get that mentorship, um, to understand, okay, what to get the feedback as well from people who had built companies, who, who, who had already done through those steps to be able to understand, you know, what I should do, what I could do, or kind of gear me towards also uh, getting to the next step eventually. So mentors are essential. Um, not only, I think, on a, on a professional business side to be able to give you the feedback on what you're building, but also on the personal side because I think the other aspect of entrepreneurship that actually no one really talks about or that doesn't get talked about a lot is also it's a very lonely journey. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's about you when you're going to sleep. It's about you. It's about the debts that you're, you're taking to be able to make it work. It's about what's not working. It's about like the employees also that you have in your care that you want to be able um, to not even disappoint them. Like so for me, closing Elysia was something that was very hard because, you know, from 10 to 15 people that was working on the problem um, with me throughout that time, it was very hard to come to realization myself to say that, okay, I'm pulling the plug and this is over. And to also say to these people who had followed me for all that time that it was not the pro project for me and that it was time to let go. Am I becoming emotional? <laughs> okay. um, so the, all those things hurt. Whether that the, there are there's a lot of hurdles. So so it hurts. So you have to be able to have that sort of support, either from family, either from other entrepreneurs, but be able to talk about those hard stuff. And I think that's one thing that I didn't have, or that I didn't I didn't go look for when I was going through those hard times, um, I think the error that I made at that time is, you know, I retracted myself because I needed to leave that sort of, uh, grief, yeah. <laughs> I kind of, for me, I, I kind of live with that grief like alone in my corner, whereas I should have been more out there because guess what, failure is part of the path as well. So maybe it took me like six months to get over um, closing down Elysia and 
now, you know, if it happened, maybe it'll take me a month or something like that. But I think you can get to like overcoming those challenges um, when you surround yourself with the right people who have all gone through failures themselves. So you would say uh, surrounding yourself with relationship with having making relationships with other people that's involved in the same field. Mentors, getting mentors, mentors. get get people um, that you admire, get people uh, who can encourage you, but as well as like constructively challenge you on what you're doing well and w where there's opportunity for growth. Yes, definitely. You can't have somebody always telling you you're doing good. Well, well <laughs> there's no growth in that, right? Yes. But you need somebody to tell to you also, right, when you you have your own, come on to your yell. It's a bilingual what? crowd. <laughs> you could speak French at times if you if Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's definitely something we need to look forward to is building relationships. And we have a, a proud family here at Le Wagon that uh, that's our motto here too. So that's always good. <laughs> so yes, um, any other career moves or any other things that you may have in the works that we don't know about or you want to keep to yourself? Um, <laughs> definitely uh, with Tadak. So we're about 10 people right now. Um, and we're, we're, growing, uh, we're growing pretty fast. Like we're, we're looking to double the team like from year to year. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for sure, especially in Quebec and in Canada, um, f to help SMBs, right? The SMBs, when you're looking at, um, at the space, uh, they don't really have the appropriate tools and um, they're lacking as well, uh, right? The, the right people to be able to accompany them in that sort of digital revolution. Um, so definitely looking forward to, to impacting that space and continue on different initiatives to be able to, to help more girls and women, um, the diversity in general, um, be more represented in, in companies across uh, the landscape. Um, about building a team. What can you tell us about that? Because uh, definitely to start a start a startup, you have to build your team. You have to select the people that uh, I would feel that you would work the best with. How do how what advice would you have for us if we were to want to start building a team? So I think you have to know yourself pretty well. Um, one thing. So you have to know what are your strengths, but you also have to know what are your weaknesses because um, you need to surround yourself with the right people, and those people need to complement you very well and even augment right uh, what you're doing. So like know thyself, and then afterwards find people who are aligned with your values because that's also what makes or breaks a team. If you guys don't have the same values, obviously there's gonna be a, like a lot of more conflicts that's gonna arise. Um, and I don't think every I don't think every person is a right fit for every company. So that's why value, coming back always the values is so important because you know then that you guys are looking for the same thing out of life um, and you're aligned towards that road together. So definitely look for um, the strength that they have that can complement you and then afterwards the second and that's what the most important as well, the values because I think that skills, whatever person, I think you can develop any skills that you want if you put the time into it um, and you put your energy into it as well. But the values is not something that's, it's very difficult to change a person, so they really have to be the best fit for you. Premièrement, nous t'avons dit on dit bonjour. Retourne à Haïti, on dit tantôt. I would like to know the small business, your client base, uh, what industry? Oh, yes. Okay, um, so we're working with um, 
uh, we're working with leaders like in various industries. We are working with uh, like uh, leaders in distribution, example Guru, um, also in tech uh, like Genitech. Uh, we're also working with a lot of uh, agencies like governmental agencies. So the Department of Justice of Canada, uh, which recently we completely um, implemented the system that they use to be able to follow up on the judi judicial cases. Uh, so we really have a varied array of either companies or governmental functions that we work with. How do you feel about uh, women being represented in the STEM industry now and then five years ago when you first started? How, do you feel that there's a difference? And where do you see that happening in the next 10, 20 years? Very good. Um, there's definitely a difference. Um, I think there's, because there's been like so much, five years ago, there wasn't that much attention around like uh, diversity, right? The, I think you didn't see as much initiatives also. So I think m now the difference is like more and more people are conscious of the issue of the lack of representation and more and more uh, leaders are taking upon themselves to be able to do something about it. So whether companies or investing in like different initiatives, for example, like tech innovation to be able to help girls get more into STEM or you're seeing within large organizations as well as small organizations even internally they're taking initiatives to be able to have like to understand what's happening right in terms of, like are there limits to inclusion within the company itself so definitely there's more talk about it um, five ten years I don't think it's gonna change like completely I don't think it's gonna be a hundred and eighty because there's so much profound work to be done um, yes the subject is gonna become more common we'll probably also see a bump in terms of the number of women, the number of girls who are getting into STEM. Um, but again, there's like a deep, we really have to address the root cause, right? Even from like small, from like ch childhood, uh, be able to address the fact that either girls or young boys as well um, can see women without having biases. And we can see women like in any type of role. Actually, I have a question. You you talked during your first uh, startup. You've been pivoting quite a lot. Uh, I have some question about this. How do you know, like, when it's time to pivot versus, like, okay, we need to keep pushing more in the same direction? So um, that's a great question. Um, and I'm also uh, I'm mentoring at Founder Institute, and we were having the discussion yesterday with founders. Um, I think what you need to understand, especially when you're building a company or solving a problem, which it is that um, what you want is to be able to solve a pain for a customer. So the pivot is actually because you're understanding that your assumption around the pain that they have is not true, and you want to be, and you're kind of like figuring out what their real issue is and what works for them best. So pivoting, I, I, I don't think it's, um, as in before, maybe I could have seen it as negatively, it's really kind of like getting closer to the truth of what these clients need and what can you do to deliver a solution that works for them. Thanks for listening to Lewagon Live. Tune in next week for another episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe by hitting the subscribe button.